Welcome to Tandem Canon, the Gamer Freak podcast where Call Plays Canon and where soup is mm-mm good. This is episode 42, Chicken Soup for the Gamer Soul, where we'll discuss games that are self to the soul. Well, at least to ours. <laughs> this is Tiffany. And this is Mia. So let's go straight into the talk from Team Tandem. So Mia, what have you been up to for gamer homework? I've been really busy. And <laughs> so <you> the, have. <laughs> but for some reason, I just felt this pull to start replaying Saints Row 4. I think I started playing it for the first time around this time of year, like three or four years ago. And so I was like, let's pull the whole thing off because, you know, I was feeling a little bit nostalgic. So and yeah, I like Saints Row 4 so much more than I like Saints Row 3. And you could definitely tell that this was just a last ditch. This is last chance. Like we're Mm -hmm. just going to get this off our belts right now and hope for the best. And if we come back, great. But if not, we had a hell of a ride doing it. Right. Um, And so there are a couple of things that happen in the first parts of the games where I forgot, you know, when you are the president and you're kind of getting situated and stuff. And they made this side note about Dex, who was a character from the first game. And it was like, oh, yeah, um, some guy named Dex came and he said he knew you, but he didn't look familiar. So I threw him out. And I was like, and it's just those things kind of fly over your head at first. But now that I've played through Saints Row 1, oh, gosh, I get that now. And especially when they have... David, who played Julius in the original Saints Row. I went through the 50s simulation and I thought about that actually wouldn't be so bad because I would get pancakes every day. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have to pay student loans and I don't have to get beat by the police. Sign me the fuck up. I'll take Zinac. At least anyway. in that reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in that reality in 1950. Right. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Four had a good balance of that wackiness and the humor and, you know, that montage where they're climbing the missile silo and stuff and Aerosmith yeah. is playing. Playing. I'm like, this is so stupid. But yeah, you just got to enjoy the cheese for what it is. So, And I like how a lot of times with Saints Row 4, it pays tribute to mm-hmm. what it came before. So it was, I think it was like a really nice send-off game by that point. You yeah. know, we'll skip over Cat Out of Hell, even though it's the reset button. But still. The literal reset button. So, <laughs> <laughs> But how about you, Tiff? What did you do? Just did a little bit. It's the same. I did get to play Overwatch, so I really got to try out Moira this time. It's kind of like what you had said before. She is a little bit bit of a learning curve but once you get a hold of it she is so involved in wanting to drain the ever loving soul and life out of people that she's like oh yeah I have to heal you too and then but like you sputter a lot so it seems like you have to have juice for one in order to fuel the other. So she's more inclined to be bad than just wanting to heal. It seems like healing is an afterthought with her. She doesn't have <laughs> enough juice. And so I'm up here trying to sputter what little bit of good health onto my teammates. I'm like, I don't have enough. And so they're like, I need healing. I need healing. I'm like, I don't have enough to heal you. So definitely it's a learning curve with her trying to get that fine tune and balance and also to fine tune your game to where it's harnessed better to make everybody happy, mm-hmm. even though your enemies won't be. So I got to play with her a little bit, but by this time we have recorded, have not played any of the winter stuff yet because it hadn't been released, but eventually hope to get into that before before December ends. Also, I've been getting into my Destiny 2 fills and of course still at this same juncture the expansion pack has not come out as of while we're recording right now but it's supposed to be in a couple days and i don't know which of my clan mates is but i made a couple of them admins and they've added me about three or four people already this weekend so i'm already in double digits on the clan i'm like wow that's awesome i'm like gonna kick some ass and and chew bubble gum hell yeah and never run out of gum we're not running out of gum so i'm really looking forward to going into this new season with a little bit 
a more renewed sense of purpose and maybe we can go out and actually get a few things accomplished. It's kind of hard not to have everybody online when they can be to go and do all these big like nightfalls and raids and stuff like that. So I hope we'll be able to do that in the next season that's coming up in a couple of days. I'm really excited. <laughs> now for my, my girlishness here. I am pretty much in the world of Otome games and I'm playing this game where in this series of games it's so much more refreshing because usually Otome games the girls don't have eyes for some reason because they want it to be you but I'm like she's not even my same skin color so you're missing the mark completely (laughs) (laughs) don't give me the option option. (laughs) so not having eyes is not really anything that I'm missing here amongst other things but with these newer games I've been playing are a little bit more progressive the girls that I've been playing with now have eyes especially in the trailer there's trailers for these and as you get into the game but when I got into the story mode which is I think it's like the canon guy for the story there's usually a part where there's a picture of when they're about to kiss and so he kisses her for the first time tell me why she doesn't have any eyes when she does in the trailer seriously I kid you not it distracts because her bangs aren't long enough like they're usually supposed to there's always bangs to cover their not having eyes but in this one her bangs aren't long enough so it's just like he's just staring into skin (laughs) an abyss of of nothing the nothing and what what sucks is that like he's already like when you look at me like that i'm like how is she looking at you at all love here. I'm sure it was a tender moment and this is something we can get into in in two months time but that really just took me out of that moment like huh it could have been so much more but her not having eyes is a little spooky to me just a tiny bit a little bit of a turn off just just a little bit (laughs) i mean what's he going to do it's like i just wanted to see an image of him just holding his hand over her eye (laughs) where her eye See past your soul, baby. (laughs) You don't need eyes to see me, baby. I got you. I'm like, oh, it's just so many words could be said, but I think it's something to expand upon in a couple of days. But that just totally took me for a loop. And especially since this game is into its third season, so it's a couple years old, but at the same time, it's more fresher than a lot of the Otome games I played before. So that really just messed with me anyway and also i managed to buy a couple of things on black friday and i completely just lost my damn mind because a lot of these games i've been waiting on or wanting to have finally were like half price and so i finally got origins and horizon zero dawn i got wildlands finally for me and mia because it was 20 bucks that's about to the low level we're waiting on thank <laughs> you you're welcome i bought doom so i was really happy there so a lot of my christmas gift has been fulfilled so i think i have enough games to last me till i'm 60 easily Mm -hmm. let's go briefly into some news so i heard that doom fist or bro fist is finally getting a little bit of a facelift because not a lot of people have been playing with him apparently he's the least played character on all platforms he's the last person getting picked at dodgeball pretty much Apparently, he's been having a whole bunch of buggy issues. Like, he will just ghost hit people where his hits are not really being impacted. And already, Doomfist from Jump is already a difficult character to play with. So, it's nice to know that Blizzard's just like, huh, he's not really being used as efficiently as he should be. And I think trying to retweak a couple of his moves, too, to work and be a little bit more impactful. But all these characters do have melee attacks, but that is his sole purpose. Mm-hmm. And so... 
it's really hard for him to really have a place for a game that's mostly a first-person shooter-oriented game. He's a cool character, but he reminds me of a character I want on Street Fighter other than Overwatch, and that's sad. I don't know if his ability was just too misplaced or it just wasn't tweaked enough to where it was more manageable for players to really get down. I feel like he's far too squishy for his build and everything. For someone that big and intimidating, he should be able to take a a couple of hits, but Like 500 easy. Yeah. Once you see him on the battlefield, you should be scrambling to get out of there. Like, that's the type of player Doomfist should be, his abilities. But it's like, everybody else has ranged abilities to some extent. He needs something to kind of counteract many characters that could easily pick him off, because unless he's at close range, he's not really as effective. So it's like, right. it makes me sad. Like, Anna and Symmetra, and there are a couple others who have been kind of low on the totem pole, but yeah, for him to get picked last. There's a couple characters in Overwatch that are still very weak but you would think for Doomfist, he will have like a little bit more mm, in his system so that he can take a lot more than just 250. Doomfist is a big dude. Like his abs are armor. So it's like making him a little bit more vulnerable. They didn't want him to be too powerful. But in this case, I think it would have been okay to at least have some focus because it just seems like he's just weak character, not only just on his XP, but also in his HP and his attacks. So hopefully with these first initial patches that they are about to give to him from the Blizzard General Hospital, he will come out a little bit stronger and can definitely keep up with the rest of the characters on Overwatch, especially since it's sad that Moira is already taking over over him and he's been out for a few months. Mm-hmm. So, in other news, apparently there's a new toy alert out there. You can get updates on Destiny 2 through Alexa, which is sold through Amazon, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Like, yeah, I want a ghost now. <laughs> it is so cool. I had to do this app. So I was like, I have a dot. So let me go ahead and try it. And it's so cool. So usually you would do a command like, ask Alexa, ask ghost to give me clan summary. And it'll give me a clan summary of how my clan is doing. All the shit I haven't done. And of course, it's said in Ghost's voice. So that is pretty freaking sweet. So you can just have the app through your Alexa app and it'll just sound off just fine. You can tell Ghost to switch out to your most powerful weapon or to send out friend requests so you can go do a night raid. Also, there's going to be an additional speaker. Of course, you still have to have Alexa for you to use this new speaker that's going to be a ghost. So it's already on pre-order, but it's supposed to be coming out on December 19th, and they're supposed to be in time for Christmas. I so want one, but I have an Alexa, and that works just fine. This is just another echo for that to make it look cooler. It has lights and stuff. It's so freaking neat. Oh, I will stop nerding out Destiny and my damn feelings. I want to go home because my mom has an Alexa, so I want to be like, hey, hey, Alexa. <laughs> start Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> How's my ghosting doing? I guess, is it time for us to level up? Yes! Let's level up! So, for today's tandem topic, Tea Time, we are going to discuss comforting games for the soul. And Mm -hmm. these are games that we have played previously on multiple occasions. And for some reason, they have a specific place in our hearts and just make us feel good inside when we're having a rough day. So, Mm -hmm. Tiff, do you want to start us off? What is your first comfort game? The Warriors. (laughs) Strictly for the stress relief of life. I swear, if you ever need a really good beat-em-up game, especially if you get frustrated 
from just friends, family, co-workers, but of course you don't want to go to jail. This is a good way to do that. We really, especially me and Mia, have played Warriors about more than five times. So easily this is relied on muscle memory, but it's a comfort because it's one of those things that kind of relaxes you after such a stressful game. A lot of times video games are supposed to be a good outlet for anything that is built up in that way. So Warriors is definitely one of those ones where if I want to punch someone in the face, this is what I would do. It's just one of those games where it's like, I just want to beat people up and just cause a bunch of chaos. Fuck shit up that you can't do here without going to jail and there's no accountability here. Now, sure, it is in the game, but at least you can transfer that from real life to virtual so you can do (laughs) rat things with your friends. Another one, guys, it's Mass Effect time. Don't sue go, us. Go, go, Mass Effect. Don't sue us, please. We're, we're please, poor. please, please don't. But mainly this is a comfort game because y'all know my, my relationship with this game, uh, <laughs> the whole trilogy. But what I love most about it, every playthrough, it gives me those feels of home. I don't know why, but you're coming back to visit with your favorite characters and your love interests and all the decisions and choices you made. You have a chance to start a new path and explore other areas and decisions and meet new people that maybe you didn't get a chance to before or Mm -hmm. take what you already did and enhance that experience even more so in the first time that you get on the Normandy and the first time you see the Citadel for the first time and you reach outer space it's like every single time it just gets me and so every time that I'm like I don't really want to play something else but I want to play something like the first thing I'll do is pick up Mass Effect even now you know I can do one more playthrough it's no big deal this game but anytime I need to feel like a confident spacefaring badass Mass Effect is my go-to just because it's one of the few games where I can see myself being represented and mm-hmm. like I'm awesome because of the things that I do and not because of what I am. So it's right. like yeah. embodiment of everything that you would want to see. So that's always awesome. Another game that also gives a little comfort is Overwatch. <laughs> and to me, it's more like Overwatch playing with AI. A lot of times you can go on autopilot if you just want to, you know, shoot Reaper in the face. So it's always a good comfort. Each map just seems like it gives you life each time you see it you become conditioned on how the ins and outs of it works there's nothing really different with it unless you were to do it against another actual team of other people if i just really just want to come home and relax from a day i usually put on overwatch so i can just gank all the ais i hate to say that killing people is calming to the soul it's just really terrible being able to shoot things in the face Yeah. And at least with Overwatch, it's not really as violent because there's not blood. You don't see gore and stuff. It's just, okay, I defeated a target. I accomplished a thing. At least you got accomplishment moving that payload. So it's all good. Each time they release something about the characters or reveal something more, you get a familial feel with each and every one of them. Especially since a lot of them have different layers onto the reason why they do the things that they do. As the lore deepens, it definitely gives you a firm appreciation of the reason why you come back to play. Overwatch over and over again. Yay. Also, for me, Destiny 2. Not only do you have the ability to explore space, but the ability to get your gun off. Get your uh, gun off. <laughs> just, just every time I tell people about Destiny 2, it's like, you know what? It's just a fun way to get your gun off with friends. That's pretty much what Destiny 2 is. And a lot of it is the people that you get to interact with because you're not really confined with just your own head of your class. You pretty much get to communicate with different people every 
everywhere who have such a familial relationship with your own ghost that it feels like it's your part of your family. When you are punted off the cabal ship and you discover your ghost, you're just like, oh my god. Like a lot of players that I saw on Let's Play were just like, oh my gosh, my ghost, man, like really hurt of finding them that way. So definitely it's a comfort to not only be able to go with the virtual people that you're familiar with, but also with friends. You can also do that and just pretty much rip the galaxy a new asshole <laughs> amongst <laughs> your buddies. So I think that's the reason why I like Destiny. It just has that sense of home, especially like when that home was threatened. You ain't gonna be coming down here in my house. My shit. No. Another comfort food game for me is Animal Crossing. And it's just kind of surprising because I, I just picked it up. I've heard about it, but I didn't really have a chance to play it until last year. And it's just one of those games where if I need a moment to myself, because I'm an introvert and I I get very overwhelmed when I'm around too many people and mm. just, I haven't had a chance to just recharge a bit. Like Animal Crossing is my go-to game because I can relax and just immerse myself in in the game and just going around town, interacting with people, building my little house and enjoying a quiet life, trying to pay off Tom Nook's bills and bullshit. But I get to have my house and I get to just be happy and get into all sorts of things and have friendships with people. And it's just kind of nice and very sweet. And mm-hmm. there's not anything really malicious that happens too much there are some funny things that do go on but it's just a world that pleasant overall for the most part and really the worst thing that can happen to you is you get stung by a bee so that's the only game where i feel like i'll ever be able to afford a home at this rate just uh i don't know this sort of escapism where everything is happy and i can live my life and nothing really could go wrong so it's nice to retreat to that for a little while yeah just have a little quiet moment so Agreed. Mm-hmm. Another one for me is burnout because you know I'm apparently I am so wanting to be in revenge, but this time in cars. I am goofy in that old short where he gets behind the wheel and he immediately turns into like a Mr. High character. As soon as he gets behind that wheel, he turns into like a demon. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how I am when I go down 35. <laughs> I'm sure like a lot of people have those moments anytime they're facing in traffic or facing some jerk off that decides to cut you off or speed past you or whatever. But like in burnout, this is probably you embody that revenge and taking down cars is a great way to exert your frustration and that's what was comforting to me especially when I go into workforce after college and having to deal with driving around other people every single day and so this was my go-to game to really just burn off the stress like you know what I feel like running some motherfuckers off the road burnout was the thing so (laughs) I have a lot of aggression that is my comfort food but you know what I don't care I find it funny that a lot of our comfort games do have violence or something like that yes and I don't know if it just speaks our inner rage because we're both helpful puffs and we try to be nice to as many people as we can. Don't just keep pushing and irritating and I'm good until you start poking me and I'm like, you're about to get this backhand, like stop. What other ones do you have? Persona 4, actually, because I really enjoy the Persona games. It's all about friendship and the importance of reaching out and establishing connections with other people because I'm introverted and I also deal with different things like anxiety and depression. And Mm -hmm. so it reminds me, it's like, okay, I can't isolate myself. When I isolate myself, that's a problem. Um, There are times where I need to be alone, but... 
I need to remember that I have to reach out to other people and hang out and get out of my comfort socialize, zone. Socialize. Yeah. Socialize. You know, it's it's kind of dangerous when you isolate yourself. And um, especially for mental health reasons, you need to stay in touch with people that you care about. But yeah, I really like that they talk about friendship and how making those connections, those links with other people help you thrive as a person. And it's funny because with the villains in the Persona games, a lot of the times they suffer from the opposite. Like they use and manipulate people or they isolate themselves and think they're above everybody else. And it's just like, that's what caused you to be the way that you are. (laughs) But also because there's so many different endings and so many ways to play and whatever choices that you make will ultimately affect some things in the final conflict too. So it's just a really wonderful game, especially if you're very big on story and and you really love things with friendship and you like having a squad, a crew. So Awesome. Another one that we completely love is The Sims. And this is just any of the generations because really just started from one on up to three for me before for Mia. This was our company food throughout college yeah because this was a time where we really weren't console gaming a lot but definitely relying on playing sims after we came home from class so i value sims for creativity also how just easy it is it doesn't matter what generation you were on mm-hmm. or like how long you've been without it it's so easy to pick it up like i pick up the one on my phone like every once in a while because i kind of miss playing god fucking with my sims's lives i value that with sims is just so easy just immerse yourself in that story mode especially story modes that you've created yourself it's not hard at all to go back and slip into it it is just like riding a bike just lose yourself in the creativity just love it Mm -hmm. i kind of miss it and all things fail go back and play sims it'll always I'm be there to welcome you home literally welcome you home <laughs> another comfort game we had of course assassin's creed 2 guys yes. i don't think there's enough words to talk about in terms of assassin's creed 2 and how important it is not only for the series but returning to a time where assassin's creed was in its actual prime yeah. and story creating good characters was a good part of that so it's those things Ezio and his charm and the interactions that he has with his family and his journey from being this kind of spoiled rich boy to becoming a full-blown assassin, his journey, you really take a good part in that stuff. And it feels like a wonderful, familiar hug when you go back to it and you hear the music. And Oh, yeah, definitely. <sighs> it's still heartbreaking when you see his family and what happens there. But every time I've replayed Assassin's Creed 2, I always feel like I've come back to something wonderful and familiar and beautiful. And I take more time in, like, I don't know, just exploring things that I wouldn't have before. So Right. And I also love how, like, with Assassin's Creed 2, it's definitely the turning point where it was a little bit more inviting than Assassin's Creed 1 was because you still dealt with hostile things but it wasn't overly hostile too to where you feel like you can be more engrossed in the story mode and actually enjoy the spaces you were in without being chased all the time it feels like you're just returning back home mm-hmm. another one that we absolutely love for just nostalgia's sake lego star wars 2 the original trilogy is definitely one of the best star wars games there is easily yeah. even though it's kitty it's childish but it really speaks to your nostalgia feeling especially if you are a big fan of the original star Wars trilogy. Kind of like Assassin's Creed 2, this turned the fulcrum of everything. 
The first one was good, but this one was uh, it was better. I also love how Mansion poke fun at itself, like most Lego movies do. It was enjoyable and still kind of poke fun at something without trying too hard. It hasn't aged hardly at all, even for a PlayStation 2 release. It's probably one of the best co-op games you'll ever find, ever. Oh, definitely. Um, if you ever need a, a reason to get someone else into gaming or to get them to co-op, have them play Lego Star oh, definitely. Wars. <laughs> and of course, like Lego likes to touch on a lot of fandoms here so another one we had to add and y'all know army of two guys the original the, the original. original army yes. of two we've discussed this before and how much the co-op focus of the game really makes it what it is in it terms really does. Uh, of its whole identity and as a franchise as a whole having that co-op just makes such a difference when you go back to a game where it that's a central focus of the whole game it makes it much more special in that regard and so every time that we've replayed army of two it's always a new adventure even though we know exactly what we need to do we know exactly it my heart but we still get into all sorts of weird little adventures and foolishness and it's just really cool because it's such a bro-tastic it's not in a mean sort of way but it's just like i got you buddy you're my friend and pretty much i got your back you got my back and we can take on the world (laughs) yeah back to back especially now that it seems like couch co-op is a dying breed in terms of games and it's it's really sad such a good way of bringing people together and bringing people more into gaming and the story itself concerning military intervention and um government intervention with that (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it's still a very relevant conversation and something that needs to be brought to the forefront. And I'm glad that they handled it with the sensitivity that they did. It's still valid. So mm. good job, Army of Two. Only better if you have a co-op buddy to have that feeling with. Because playing with the CPU does not even compare. Mm-mm. So it's better just to have an actual buddy to play with. It makes all the difference. Otherwise, it's just like, all right, buddy, what shall we do? Crickets. It's like playing with Army of Two Devil's Cartel. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I don't don't care. Also, for Nostalgia Phil is Saints Row 2. Saints Row 2 came off the bike of reminding us what a fun game can look like with a little bit of creativity, with a good co-op buddy. You can't go wrong with that. It's like Army 2. You have to have a good co-op buddy to really make this blowout fun. They were, of course, so dialing into that humor. And so you also have so many memorable characters and a lot of the story mode and the voice acting really brought it home to where to where you want to redo the replayability. It also helped with character that you can customize, you know, different ways, even though it didn't really matter for the scope of the game. But for yourself, you can play it a variety of different ways. Especially if you ever need to let off some steam and all those side missions and quests. Yes. Like going off mayhem and it insurance was. fraud, like fuzz. I love fuzz. Fuzz, especially the side missions for me were definitely the ones that that really excited me to get my angst out on in a satirical way. I really appreciate they were able to make endless enjoyment and great replayability too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then another game that we had was, I put Super Mario World, but honestly, pretty much any Mario game is a comfort food Pretty game. much. We don't really get to play a lot of Nintendo games often, just because we don't really have the consoles, because Mario has been a generational staple of gamers. We have people that grew up with it back in the 80s and 90s, and, and now with the Switch and everything, now younger gamers are getting into it, and mm-hmm. so you have to play something Mario. And Mario has always been great about providing co-op or multiplayer action. You can play with multiple people. 
They have really good environments. It's just mm-hmm. a feel good. Every game I've played with Mario is a feel good time. It's there to enjoy and socialize with people. And you're always going to have a fun and engaging experience that you're not going to get the same bullshit with a Mario game that you would with a PlayStation or Xbox right. um, game where it's like microtransactions and loot boxes and all this other stuff. And I hope that Mario, I hope they continue to do their own thing and not follow the other trends. Because as you can see, it's like hell in a handbasket for some of the other developers or like consoles. Yeah. Yeah. But Nintendo seems to be above a lot of the nonsense. And except for Amiibos. I'm like, to me, that was still a little bit of a cash cow, but that's just me. I can't really blame them because it's smart. It's like, oh, get their kids. And And they do it in the fact where you have a physical thing to look at other than, you know, microtransactions for games. Those are virtual, but you mm-hmm. actually have like a trophy for your purchase. So I can definitely say that one, maybe even two, it's probably not on my comfort food level. <laughs> comfort level for me for Mario 1 is probably like levels like one to three. Yeah. The rest of them can fuck off. That is a part of my anxiety. But Super Mario World and probably a little bit of Super Mario 3 was a lot of my comfort levels where a lot of it now is muscle memory to where I cannot play this game for like 15, 20 years but was able to pick up the controller and play it like like it was yesterday. And so playing Super Mario World like the other day, it brings back such a nostalgia feeling of one of the games I was able to play not only by myself but to be playing better than my brother sometimes. Mm -hmm. So definitely Super Mario World. But yeah, Super Super Mario One can go and kick rocks. And then on the other side of the coin, we had to add Sonic the Hedgehog. I meant the original one, but you preferred two or three. I mean, it's kind of the same concept as Mario, but the difference is Sonic was really great in the beginning, whereas Mario is consistently good. I had to fuck with the original Sonic because that I had a Sega. That was my go-to game, Sega. and and it just reminds me of my childhood. Everything was bright and cheerful, and and it was back at a time where Sonic was considered a good franchise and it's not his fault for sonic <laughs> the gameplay was wonderful they didn't have really deep storylines it was just run around and get here before a certain time and beat dr robotic like that was pretty much all you had to do sonic wasn't running around kissing human women and being uh. weird and kept it simple it was just a fun game in its own right before it started getting a little bit too much but yeah right way too hard yeah can't remember if it was let's play gaming expo or something else but i remember i picked up sonic the hedgehog and it was just like nothing i was going through the levels i wasn't having any issues and it's just in front of my tv just playing just brought back those memories so yeah that theme song is just going through my head it's just great i can get to at least level two but anything past that i couldn't even tell you what all levels there are in sonic i have no idea because i didn't get to grow up with a sega growing up so but when i was over at my cousin's house we were like yeah put on that sonic so we can go ahead and get caught up before we have to go mm-hmm. <laughs> what about sim city 4 mia i've grown up playing the sim city games every single iteration and so four has always been my favorite to date just because they added all sorts of things especially with you can actually click on individual sims and it would tell you what their needs were and stuff and but sim city for the most part up until 2013 was the best city management simulation game out there and so it was just nice because you could build up your town wreak havoc on it you could have all these natural disasters you have godzilla and alien abductions and shit would just go crazy and so it was just kind of nice to like things get a little bit too stale just unleash hell and watch the fun begin and so play god a little bit but then Mm -hmm. you realize 
explain why you would make a terrible god in general because <laughs> not an awesome god here <laughs> right because you just like you put all this time to making the city and then all of a sudden you're like you know what we have too many people we could do a purge uh tornado go oh, shit. and yeah so i i had some issues <laughs> i can't because y'all already know the story about my city going to hell in 15 minutes oh wait <laughs> Who invited the aliens here? We're some men in black. We need something here. So, (laughs) no, that's part of my, no, my not comfort food that's that's one of those ones that i will stuff down the garbage disposal Uh uh-uh. it really is a fun game though and being able to control a town and build it up and think about all the things that go into making a good town making sure your people are educated that they have basic needs you know what type of resources they have available it was just kind of cool to think about that mm-hmm. and be able to put that stuff into practice so it was neat i liked it a lot so well, let's spin the wheel <laughs> are you okay yeah <laughs> we're gonna spin the wheel of random tandem let's do it I think we're a little delirious. Okay. All right. So continue on. So for this week's Wheel of Random Tandem, Tiff, what game gives you a bad case of indigestion? Mass Effect. Not in the way you're thinking. This is not saying that it's a bad game at all. And a lot of games are like this. Even the Telltale games are like this for me. It's the fact of choice. Mm. And having to have someone's life or whatever in your hands, especially something that's a split decision. So a lot of it with Mass Effect, now this is of course me still coming off of Mass Effect 1 experience. Me having to choose a fate and then realizing that I did not either get stuff up enough before Ashley totally shot Rex in the face. Totally blew me away. I'm like, what just happened? You couldn't talk and now you can stop it. And so that really built up my anxiety to where I'm like, I think I need to go get some time after this it, it's really messing with me a lot of that takes a lot of strong in- intuition but it comes with a game that is so character driven and emotional based even though you have to be of a logical and rational mind as a commander but still you are emotional when you lose someone of value like that and even just having to choose between Caden and Ashley that's still a really hard choice to make a lot of that my anxiety was just all over the place because you know all this stuff indecisions and tough decisions are all made at one time and one place Mm-hmm. So it really cultivated to the fact where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to have to put this game down and go cry in the bathroom for a minute. And it's not saying that this is a bad game, but it really heightened my sense of like, I need Pepto so bad right now. What about you? Um, I hate to do this because Bioware, but I had to put Dragon Age. For a good reason. <sighs> oh, spiders. Oh, I feel like such a wuss. But I mean, I love Dragon Age for what it was. And I loved mm. the stuff I was able to do. I like having my party and my crew. And damn it, Shen, you're going to love me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the spiders. And I just don't do well at all with spiders. And I've heard they get worse as the series goes on. I want to do more of the thing. And when I get brave enough, I'll do a redo of the original Origins. Because I did start some of the other origin stories. Mm-hmm. But moving on past that. Because yeah, now that I kind of have a, a better idea of what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to try again, but it just makes me nervous when I hear that hissing. And even when I do have the sound off and they just jump out, it's still like I think the controller shakes and it just oh, makes me nervous. Yeah, so right. it really gets my anxiety up. I felt like I had more anxiety playing Dragon Age with the spiders than I did playing Mass Effect 2. Mm. And that made me want to almost cry. So that should tell you something. You know <laughs> what? If you ever decide to go with getting the Dragon Ages on PC and so you can mod it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can turn them into gummy bears. 
<laughs> That'd be cool. I would Gals slice up gummy bears everywhere. Yeah, well, like for the most part, it was okay. There was one part you're in the deep roads and you're underground, and there's this one specific part where there are spiders everywhere. Apparently, they're attacking these giant trolls. Trolls are fighting them, and they're distracted. And so you can choose to stop, but I think the idea is you're supposed to keep going, and then you mm-hmm. get trapped by the mother spider. But I saw several dead trolls, and so I'm like, if they die from what those. The- fuck am I gonna do? Exactly. So I'm like, hell no. Let's move it. We're not staying. And even with the mother spider chasing after us, I was like, uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> no. Ultimately, I think I had to fight her, but I ran as much as I possibly could. And my teammate, God bless them, they were trying to fight. And I'm like, no, bitches. This is not the time yeah, to be brave. Let's go. Fuck this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> like, we gotta run. Yeah. I love Bioware. And I think if I wasn't such a wuss, I would like Dragon Age so much more. But it was just that part that I was like, fuck this shit i'm out so i'm sorry bioware we do love you we do it's just that goes to show the power of bioware how they can affect us in so many different ways with fear or just anxiety and giving a freaking damn about what happens to these people we get involved with either romantic or not good storytelling and i didn't even talk about like the outcome with alistair and if you decide to romance him what happens there Um, yeah that's a big thing too yeah 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 and it's like do i do what What's good for us as a couple? Do I do what's best for the kingdom? Especially when he's so reluctant to do any leadership role at all. Yeah. The emotions and the choices and the feels. Mm -hmm. Damn you, Bioware. I love you. So just gonna have to have a tag along gameplay. That's what we should do. Tag team back again. Because I'm like, we used to do that a lot. Just alternate on missions or just alternate on stuff we knew we couldn't do. So that probably might be one of those things. If there's individually, we might just have to sit down and just switch it out. Sounds good to me. Okay, so is there any final thoughts? <laughs> I want tots. I like tots. So it's Napoleon Dynamite, but you know. The socials, you guys know the deal. Hit up our Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Tumblr. We will hopefully start doing more streaming now that we're getting closer to the holidays. We yes. have more free time. Yes. So we will be doing more Twitch. We apologize because we have kind of neglected it. And it's not because we don't love y'all and that we don't love each other. It's just my fault. I've been doing play things and yeah. And, <laughs> and a lot of it's also my fault too because I've been playing pretty much the same two games. And who wants to see me play the same thing? Pretty much running in a circle on both games. So I won't bore you with that. So yeah, hopefully with the holidays, if we have not already started doing stuff because I plan to have already done something, then maybe once we can get some time to collect our brain and actually like put into something more productive than just fucking around in Overwatch. We have a couple of new followers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have OpKillaGamer on YouTube and Twitter. Mm-hmm. He sent us his direct link, so I think he does a lot of NBA 2K18 sports Wait. games, so I'm not really a big sports gamer, but I'm mm-hmm. going to check out his channel and see what all that's about, so thank you for following us. Mm-hmm. Also, HowToCrazy and Juncture Media, and I haven't really checked their stuff out just yet either, but I try to kind of see what they do before I follow and all that jazz. But yay, thank you guys for following us. We hope we don't scare you away with our antics. Um, yeah. But if you choose to stay with us, you've been warned. So I would say we won't guide you wrong, but that will so be lying. Who will we have for commenters? Tweeage, like our buds. So yeah, thank y'all both for commenting. But we kind of got like, a little bit of sad news. Yeah. I don't know all the details just yet, 
but Patrick is moving to Florida, and I missed the live streaming of their episode for today, so I feel bad. But yeah, Patrick is moving to Florida, and so Tuyach is still going to go strong, but I think Patrick is going to be doing different things in different capacity. He might still be doing some things with Tuyach in the future, but yeah, Kevin's getting a new wingman, wing commander dude person. Wing commander dude. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see what's in store with them, and we'll actually be talking to Kevin for our end of the year episode which will be the next episode after this so stay tuned so definitely with Patrick I hope you have safe journey going to Florida Mm -hmm. and all your future endeavors and hopefully we'll be able to connect and see you again soon yeah I hope he comes back to Let's Play Mm because it's like we saw the Patrick we didn't get to actually talk to him but yeah we keep missing opportunities with Patrick I know I would like like to see him before he leaves but I'm sure he's probably already going to be skedaddling outwards but yeah definitely good luck to Patrick. Mm-hmm. Special shout out, this is for Leo underscore Ace135. He was a guy that had helped me. He was another like clan founder who definitely helped me accomplish a lot of my story missions on Destiny 2. So I appreciate him for helping me out trying to get this stuff done before the new expansion was going to hit. So thank you, Leo. Appreciate you. So who do you have for your PYT for this week, Tiff? My nerdy self, of course, loves trivia. So I have found this YouTube channel called TV Trivia. They have you wait about 15 seconds and we'll play theme songs to Nicktoons, PBS shows, or like shows of the 80s. And they also have about three videos for video game songs. Anywhere from Mario to Overwatch. And like certain types of video games, especially if it's a long series like Castlevania. It's definitely highly enjoyable if you just want to test your knowledge. I know there was one on Mass Effect that I completely missed. Definitely a nice treat. What about you? I had to choose Yangye on YouTube. He does gaming channel and he does a lot of news updates and does some analysis and things on different things happening in the media. Mm-hmm. A big focus for him this past week was talking about EA and um, the oh, mi- microtransaction stuff. Man. Some of the controversy with Take-Two saying that loot boxes are not gambling. And he provides some really good insight on stuff. So if you like getting really uh, timely updates on gaming news and stuff like that, go follow him. He, he really mm-hmm. knows his stuff and it seems like he really knows the industry as well. So yeah, that's who awesome I had. So, yeah. so Tiff, cool. do we have any final thoughts? Oh, for like our convention goings? Yeah. We have AllCon that will be in March, and that will be March 15th through the 18th in Addison. Also, we'll be attending Fan Expo Dallas, which will be April 6th through the 8th. And also, we'll be going back to TCC South Campus Anime Expo, April 14th. Small little expo that the college puts together, so it's totally worth it. I can't wait to see what they're able to do next year. Oh, and I forgot to mention the Women of WonderCon. Oh, Um, yeah, that's right. It, this is going to be a free event at the, the Dallas Public Library downtown Dallas on March 10th and yes. it's a really cool event for women in creative industry so creative content people podcasters internet people this is a really cool networking and I guess informational event so we're going to go check it out and yeah. we'll give you updates on what we find but yeah I forgot to add that I'm so sorry oh no you're fine I completely forgot about that but yeah so we cannot wait to attend all of these events coming up is going to be an awesome start to the spring so the next episode will be posting december 31st will be our end of the year episode with kevin from Tweeach. so we will talk to you later until then have a great and safe merry christmas happy holidays everything that you celebrate or nothing please be safe and game on and stay game tastic and stay away from the eggnog it's bad for you says who is it liquor in there is of it, course is there's liquor in there, in there. You know yes how, you, you know how liquor and family events don't mix well <laughs> Who's <laughs> that?
a lot of times like, family at family events don't mix well, but mm-hmm. great holiday, y'all. Just game your face off. Have a happy holiday, y'all. <laughs> See y'all at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, goodness.